Yes. All right. So, switch it, babies. Hey, you guys. Hey, check, 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 check. 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 Can you hear yourself? In your check. Ears good? I can hear myself. You guys, I'm sitting here with the Johnny Baker, and I'm I'm trying to get better at the beginning of the podcast about not just completely doting on my guests, but you know what? It might just be part of what I do because I love this man sitting next to me. Um, Johnny, I'm gonna tell a story before I, before I let you introduce yourself. Sure. Johnny and I are the kind of friends that don't see each other hardly ever, but enjoy each other's company immensely, enjoy playing music together, enjoy our, our conversations. And the conversation side of Johnny is why he's here. I want to tell you why I've connected with Johnny the way that I believe that I have. It's because if you've listened to episode seven, Full Send, you, you've heard my dark, deep, dark place and, and about my addiction. In the middle of that, as I was pretty much at the bottom of it, um, I remember I ran out of pills and I didn't know who to ask. And so I asked Johnny for some pills. And Johnny looked at me and he said, man, I don't fuck with that shit. It's <laughs> <laughs> true, I do not. <laughs> and I, so it, I respected you immediately at that moment. Even though it made me feel like shit, dude, my respect for you went up because of number one, because you just didn't fuck with that shit. Number two, because you were comfortable enough with yourself to say, I don't fuck with that shit. And you were comfortable enough with me as a friend to, to remind me, I don't fuck with that shit. And so that carried weight for me through that process. We didn't talk like for probably a couple of years between that and when we started playing music again together. Yeah. And uh, here, talk. Again. Hello, talking again. <clears throat> can Sorry. You, can you hear yourself in your... I can hear myself. Okay, yeah. cool. Sorry, I, I just may be a little soft-spoken at first. No, 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 Once no. Once we no. get into it... You're, you're fine. We have different mics, so <laughs> that's, the, that's, my, that's my fault. But, but anyway, Johnny, I really do. I appreciate the fact that you are who you are unapologetically, and that is why I want you on this podcast right now, because there's things going on with the JZO thing that... Um, are kind of taking different directions and different turns and different clarity. And I, I wanted you here to talk through it because, Johnny, you know the Bible better than most Christians. You know the Christian lifestyle because you've been there. You uh, understand different aspects of spirituality and religion. And honestly, you're a great conversationalist. And so I want to talk about some stuff with you. Yeah, I'd and I'm, love to I am so excited. Um, so I'm going to just let you start. I, I want you to, you can start any, you can either tell a story about when we met, you can tell a story about how you got to where you're at. This is a conversation. Basically, I just want to carry on what we were just doing outside. Sure, sure. Um, well, I'll start with when we met. You may yeah. not remember. Okay, yeah, But great. I definitely remember. Okay. Um, I was probably, I don't know, 15 or 16 years old. Okay. Um, I was friends with Ryan at this point. Yeah. And, um, which you were in a band with yes. poor man's riches, which in Lawrenceburg was, and I, I'm assuming other places was a very popular band. Um, at that point in my life, I had just 
removed myself from Christianity. Okay. I uh, My first band as a drummer was a worship band. I did not know that. It was Christ in Elberg. I'm not sure if you ever heard of that. Christ in Elberg. It I, was it I was all young young folks uh, on high school. I just started playing drums and I was awful, um, but I was super excited. I was like, finally, I get to be part of the the band that that leads the worship. You right. know, um, at that point in my life, I was a believer. Okay, full heartedly believed. Um, one day. I decided before, you know, I we had our first real practice that I was going to paint my drums. Okay. My drums, they had like... Great a, idea. They had like... It makes a, them sound so much better. It does. It does. <laughs> um, my drums at the time, they were like silver and boring and, you know, I wanted hot pink drums. Okay. Hot pink drums. Yeah, yeah. And this is 2002. Okay. 2003. That sounds about right. Um... Anyway, so I show up to the practice with the drums, and mind you, I'm a terrible drummer, but I can play a basic worship beat at this Did point. Did you just are are you saying that you you were a terrible drummer then or now? Probably both. Shut your mouth. <laughs> Shut your mouth. He's a great uh, but then drummer. definitely. Okay. Then definitely. Anyway, so after the practice, the um, youth, uh, the youth pastor, mm-hmm. I forget his name. He came up to me. He was like. Hey Jonathan, um, I just don't think this is gonna work out. You know the uh, the the pink drums. Oh no! Kind of send the message that you might be gay. And I was like, Wow, gay! Wow, what do you mean, gay? Because of the color of my drums? Whoa! And so I I went from good Christian boy. To fuck you straight to your face. Yes. Good for you. And I was pissed. I mean. I, I was furious. As a child. I say a child. Because I was a child. Because 15, you were, you're a child. Right. Y- reacting to certain situations looks different. And I think for what you did, given that situation, dude, if you were my son, I'd have been like. That was the first time in my life that I looked someone in the eyes and yeah. told them, fuck you. Yeah. Um. And at that point, I was like, well, God can't be real. Okay. If this is how God's people treat me, then God is not real. Yeah. God is a lie. I understand that. You know? Uh, And I held that belief for a long time. So I met Ryan Hahn when I was 16. Uh, I was in an advanced biology course um, with mostly seniors as a sophomore. Okay. Um, And I sat next to the people that I thought looked the coolest. Right on. Ryan then had long hair and, you know, baggy pants and, you know, quite different from what I was wearing, which was, you know, skin tight pants and had spiky hair and all kinds of colors in it. But I thought he might be the coolest person in the class. And I was right. (laughs) Yeah, Um, you were. (laughs) They accepted me pretty quick and me and Ryan got to become friends and we discovered that we shared a lot of the same musical tastes. Nice. Um, That's when I learned about his position in the band and with you and... Um, I actually attended a show of your alls. Okay. And it was Ryan's last show. Oh, so that was a good show. It was a really good show. That was a really show. good show to catch. It was a really good show. Nice. That was, um, yeah, that was a great, great show. I was not a fan of your alls music or well, the style of music that you all played. Sure. I, I referred to it as butt rock. Oh, as you should. Um, I was into punk. 
Oh, yeah. And metal and, you know, all the mean, hateful, you know, anti-Christian bands. Right, right. Um, anti-establishment, anti-government. <laughs> I became mad at the world after that man told me I was gay. <laughs> uh, anyway. You know who you so are. So I remember seeing you guys play, and you were you guys were all so professional. Um, the lights were amazing. The crowd was amazing. They loved you all. And then Ryan got to play one of his songs. Mm-hmm. And that was a song that Ryan and I had been playing together. Really? And I was so jealous. So, <laughs> so jealous oh, no. of all the people on the stage that weren't me. Right. Especially uh, JM. Okay. Uh, JM was not playing for Was that. he not playing? Who was your no, all's drummer? Jesse then? Drury. Jesse was the drummer. Yeah. JM played for Sides then, right? Uh, he did. He played for Sides, and before that, he played for uh, uh, with Brian Black and them. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so I was confused about that part. Yeah. Regardless, I was jealous. Okay. Right? I had a blast. You guys were great, and yeah. I was pissed. Okay. <laughs> uh, we met at that show. He introduced us. Me right? and you? Yeah. Okay. But I would not expect you to remember. I don't, and I'm sorry. Because you met lots of teenage I did. people. I did. I did. Then. I wanted to say teenage boys, but that would make it sound really You can say weird. whatever you want. I met all of them. I met everybody. <laughs> but yeah, that was when we met. Okay. Um, I, for a long time, felt like uh, the opposite end of the spectrum as you. Right. For people like Ryan and Brando. Sure. Another guest of yours that is a mutual friend of ours. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so you probably didn't like me. I had a bunch of preconceived I was prejudiced prejudiced against you. Okay. I believed that you were the same as the youth pastor that told me I was gay. Okay, that makes sense. Because you were doing the same job sort of. Sure. You know. Sure. Um But yeah, I don't think I liked you. I don't blame you. If you had just been you, told it, by somebody that was in my position that you were gay because you played pink drums, I don't blame you for not liking me. And, you know, like, and at this point in my life, I didn't understand what it meant to be gay. I didn't understand anything about that. Right. Because I, I did grow up in Lawrenceburg. Sure. With the same sort of people and the same beliefs and the same closed minds and the same, you know. Uh, and so I was very homophobic. Okay. For a lot of high school. Yeah. I mean, it makes, um, that makes so, sense. And, and so, and, and which is silly, too, because... The way I dressed and the way I carried myself was very effeminate. Sure. Well, I used to wear girls' jeans, too. Yeah. There were no such thing as skinny jeans for a long time. That's, that's so right. You had to that's wear right. girls' jeans. That's right, young'uns. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I believed every Christian except for maybe Brando and Ryan to be like that. I get you. But it's because Brando and Ryan would... Riding the dark side with me. Right. You know what I mean? They would cuss when they were around me. Right. You know what I mean? Um, none of us smoked or drank or did drugs or anything like that back then, but they would entertain. Sure. You know, a different side of themselves. They didn't judge you for being not them. No, because I wasn't really judging them because I got to know them before I was mad at Christians. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Now, Ryan was a little different. I, I just. He never came off as a Christian. He never was like, I'll pray for you, or, you know, you should come to church, or any of that. Right. And Brando tried when we first met, but that wasn't going to happen. Right. You know? 
Um, but he gave up on that. And then he just accepted me for who I was and loved me unconditionally. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I think it took a lot of time and space and understanding for someone like me to be able to like someone like you. I know exactly what night it was, too. I know exactly when you started liking me. It was the night that we got together to practice for Ryan's show, and I got so drunk off of Jameson that I spent an hour and a half puking on the toilet. Yep. Ah! I knew it! I knew it! Because you were authentic. Well, well, I had also already started, without even knowing, I had already started this deconstruction process, you know, back before I recognized that I started it. And so what you were seeing of me was parts of Jeremy that enjoys hanging out with his boys and having some bourbon and whiskey and playing music and then and drinking too much oops throwing up yeah. that's like that's that's what exactly what i did yeah. and it was I, we had such a great time and i remember that show it was the show in lexington mm-hmm. um dude that was uh, like it was a magical experience and i i agree i think there is something to be said because that uh, that was for me when like in my heart, I knew okay, this is this guy's my people. Like he, yeah. he we're we're people now. Yeah, and and so well, good. I mean, and, and it's be, it's not because you were bad. No, I know that. It's not because that. you were being a bad boy. No, I know that because I don't want anybody to be a bad boy. Right. It's because you were being, you felt free from the chains that that bound you. Yes. To yes. a certain personality. Yeah, for sure. And that was the first time I'd seen that from you. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, this is Jeremy. Yeah. You know, now granted, I don't think Jeremy is a sloppy drunk. That's not I am when I drink a bottle of Jameson. But aren't we all? Yes. Except maybe Ryan. It's like water (laughs) to him. Um, But, you know, it it was just um, a moment of vulnerability for you. And you were completely comfortable being vulnerable. Can I tell you specifically when the moment was that night? Sure. In your garage. Okay. Um, I remember, I don't remember meeting you the first time. That's I, fine. I, do, I don't expect you to. I do remember you, though. Like, I remember you in passing. I remember seeing you at shows, like, I'm talking about, like, later in life. Right. I, you know, I, I, rem- I remember you, and I, and I do think back and wonder, I may have even asked Ryan at some point, um, does Baker not like me? Because uh, I th- I did pick up on something. I didn't know what it was. Right. It, I just knew that it was there a was, prejudice. Yeah, there was just something there. I knew yeah. that. I knew that. And um, and I remember in the garage that night we were uh, sitting there smoking a cigarette, still still drinking Jameson. I was still okay at this point. And um, and I I began to share some of my story with you. I yeah. I was sh- I was telling you where I was at in my life at that point. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. And uh, and I can remember after leaving the garage, we went up to play music. And as I think back now, I mean, how beautiful is that? That like we were able to before we took the step as artists to, you know, kind of start playing together or whatever. Right. We were able to be authentic enough with each other and go ahead and make that connection, have that conversation. And now I love you. Yeah. You know? I love you as well. And so that that's really amazing that that comes up because I I'm so excited about the things that and the clarity that I'm receiving as I go through this process. And I and I'm choosing this 
moment to kind of fill everyone in on where I'm at in that journey. Right. Um, so I've not been specific over the past several podcasts and I've told people on the podcast that the reason for that is because I'm, I don't know. I, my mind will change and will continue to change and that's okay with me. But there's something that with the, the project horror that I put out, um, we're going to talk about that in the next podcast. Um, but, uh, there's, there's things that happened in that project that clarified what, what God is in fact wanting to do with me and why it is that I've been created. Yeah. That's, I mean, so I, and to find a purpose or to be pointed to a purpose, um, to have purpose period is key to happiness, dude. I, I mean, And, and whether that purpose is to stand in front of hundreds of people in church and sing and preach or, if it's to make a podcast and I'm getting ready ask to, questions. I'm like, getting ready to tell you what it is because me. I know what Hit it is. Hit me with it. Hand, <laughs> hand me my journal over there on that drum. It's right next to you. The, the leather journal. I don't, I don't see a leather journal. Oh, that's because it's sitting on my side because I'm a dummy. I'm sorry. It's okay. So I, I shared something on the last podcast with Freeman, uh, Chris Freeman. If you guys missed that. Go back and listen to it uh, because it'll make what I'm getting ready to say a lot more sense. So one of the things I explained to Chris was I had, I was watching this n- new show Squid Game on Netflix. Excellent. Incredible. I'm on episode four right now. Same. Are you really? That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to share one of the insights that I had on it because it leads into what I'm getting ready to say. I feel like a maniac going through my journal because it looks so weird. All right, I'm going to go ahead and read it the same way that I did on the last podcast because I'm sure that most of you didn't listen to it. That's okay. Uh, So I'm watching the Squid Game. Uh, First note is, great show. Uh, Then I write, random thought. As I watch this, I've had a thought. This is the first show that overdubs has not bothered me. Why? I think it's because you can tell that the filmmakers really spent a lot of time trying to match the voices with the mouths, even in spite of the actual translation. It speaks for an easier viewing experience. So here's my thought process in it. Okay. You start with separate languages. Mm -hmm. Then you have to find translations. Those translations, once media comes in, turns into overdubs in film. Correct. Overdubs in film, uh, they they bring about subtitles. So we have subtitles. Well, after subtitles, now we have overdubs with subtitles. Now, after that, we are introduced in the last couple of years to this bad lip reading culture where yep. our minds are seeing these mouths move in certain ways and knowing that they're not actually saying that, but you're understanding it. Right. So you begin to pay attention to things like emotion. So I say the mind begins to understand the language. That language does not have to look like it sounds to be understood. This leads to paying attention to emotion. Correct. Which leads to emotion becoming the primary and powerful language it is so i can i can show you exactly how i feel mm -hmm. without saying a word yeah absolutely you know what i mean like and so so here's 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 the thing if you've watched the whore video then you understand kind of where i'm at and that's great because i want you to i want you to hear that i want you to understand that 
part of in, in that video, uh, if you've seen it, then you know that at towards the end, right before the song actually starts, it says, fuck religion. Um, I don't understand why anybody would have a problem with that. Because my entire, okay, I don't understand why any Christian would have a problem with that. And here's why. My entire life, I've been told it's not a religion, it's a relationship. It's not a religion, it's a relationship. It's not a religion, it's a relationship. I've said it, a, I guarantee, at least a thousand times. I've heard it a thousand more. Yeah. And. that That's my understanding. Right. I'm not saying fuck Christianity. I'm not saying fuck this or fuck that. I'm saying fuck religion. I'm saying fuck the the ties that have bound me my whole life and have kept me from loving the way that I want to love and the way that God has called me to love. I feel like in the same way that the Squid Game has put in the kind of work that they've put into and the and the culture around that show and and shows like it because I per, it, it'll happen more. I mean it's it's going to be part of who what we what we begin to learn. For sure. There's going to that is going to create an easier viewing experience. So, how did that happen? How did all of that how did it happen where you go from separate languages all the way to the fact that we can sit in front of a TV and we can watch a show and not be distracted that the mouths are flapping one way, the words are saying one thing and this and the actual overdubs are saying a different thing. We it doesn't matter. We understand it. Yeah. And the the whole idea there is the process that it took to get there. It's not the fact that that is there, and it's not the fact that it started here. It's the fact that this process had to happen before we, as human beings, could not only comprehend it, but begin to create it and begin to introduce it into the lives of everyone around the world so that they may begin to comprehend things better. Yeah. So what I honestly feel like this thing is, is turning into for me mm -hmm. is... I really feel like I, I am meant to facilitate love. And I say that because we've love and hate are the yin and yang of life. And we have spent so much time as a culture hating. We have gotten so good at hating as we a can, species, as a species, as a species, we can hate someone in any presentational way. It has become a part of our language. It has become a part of our emotion. It has become a, a part of how we deliver who we are to somebody. And it's really, really sad the way it's happening. So my point is, is we have spent way too much time. We've spent plenty of time over here with the needle on hate. And that had to happen. It had to happen. Because the deeper the hurt, the harder it is, the deeper the hate, the more love is that is going to come out of it. And I think we've spent enough time in hate, and I think it's time to try to start inching the needle over towards love, and my generation doesn't know what the fuck to do yeah. because I, we're sitting here. We grew up watching our parents take care of us the best way that they knew how in general. I'm not talking specifics here. I'm talking right. about societal. We grew up watching what our parents did to take care of us, to take care of our brothers and sisters and our and their spouses, we watched that turn from a one working person family 
and start to transition into a two-person working family. And then by the time it got to us, it is a, it is a two-person working family. Yeah, for sure. So our and if generation, not, you're struggling. Exactly. So, and you may be struggling regardless. Absolutely. And, and, and so our generation, we understand where our parents are coming from. We understand our parents in better ways than our kids do. Our kids don't understand our parents sometimes. And that's, again, not across the board, but in right. general. Generational. They don't understand each other. Right. Well, my generation, I raised th those kids. I, I, I know who they are. I understand their intent. I understand that they are going to throw tantrums, but I also understand how to communicate to them. Right. And so my generation, I'm 46. My generation, we need to do a better job at introducing our parents and their generation to you and your generation and facilitating conversations that I know can end up in a positive and loving light. I, yeah. I, I sat down and I, I've, I've spent the last two days with my parents. They're, you know, dad's doing better. He's, he started to do the, another round of chemo and, um, you know, he's having a rough day today, but he's, he's, he has, he's doing good, you know. Yeah, I understand. And so I've spent a lot of time over there. Well, last night, I asked my mom to come to my house for dinner. It, okay. This is the first time in my life, I'm 46, that I have, have had my mom over to my house to cook dinner and just hang out without, like, my dad being there. Of course, right. I've, had, of course I've had them both there, but before, you know, I, I, was, I was married or I was, you know, had another family— I don't now. My kids are adults, and I don't have that kind of environment around me. Not because I don't want it. It's just I'm 46 now. My kids right. are grown. Yeah. So my mom comes over, and, dude, we had the best. It was these la the last two days for me and my relationship with my parents has been the most positive, the best two days that I can— to, to date to, I, that I remember that's awesome it's incredible that's great um, they, they watched that video that I put out and okay. said that uh, after it was over they prayed it prayed over it prayed about it yeah. prayed, you know, and then talked about it for about an hour and a half and I was able to share with them what I'm getting ready to share with you and everyone else on the next episode when I explain it right and what was their initial reaction I was a little shocked. So, I'm hard to shock, and I was a little shocked. I was proud of you. That's I was the proud point. of you. Thank you. That's I was proud of you, but I was I was shocked. That's really I was. Um, and you know, I love to see people um, walk into their own shoes. I've had friends friends from the military who while we were in had to subdue themselves had to fit in had to be one way or act a certain way just so they wouldn't stick out yeah um now most of us are out um most of us have stepped into our own shoes out of the military out of the military okay. I, have a, I, have a friend. I didn't know if you were coming out as gay no oh, okay. <laughs> no that's a joke that's fine <laughs> uh 
Not that being gay is a joke. Just get over no, it. Okay, no, go on. Yeah. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking no, about the, the listener that's going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <gasps> no, uh, so I had I had a friend. Uh, I'll just leave him nameless. Um, I doubt they'll watch, but um, is a very, very gay man. Uh, very flamboyant. Very creative. Very artistic. And, you know, now I get to see him as his true self. Yes. You know, he wears makeup all the time. He dances like a friggin', I don't know, you know, like just obsessed yeah. with dancing and is really good at it. Yeah. Um, creates art on his face, essentially. Yeah. You know, uh, is unapologetically himself. Love it. And every time I see someone reach that plateau in their life, because it's a milestone. It really is. And once you get there, it's hard to go back. Yes. Um. But when you get there, it's such a beautiful thing um, to feel free. Yeah. Because that's what all humans want. Yeah. We want to be free. Right. All of us. Yeah. You know, free from any kind of persecution or judgment. Yeah. And we should be. We should be. We should and be. as Americans, the promise of America is that you will be. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh I don't even know if I want to go there. That's right fine. Now. Let's not go there. Let's not go there. I, as you said that, I that would be that could be a whole other episode, dude. I looked up when you said that. I looked up and immediately saw Michael Scott on my wall with his bandana as <laughs> as, as as prison Mike looking at me with that smug look on his face, and that's exactly how I felt when you said that. <laughs> I was like, oh, let's yeah, okay. let's not go there. But, but so, yeah. what was your parents' initial reaction? Oh, okay, so. They didn't call. They didn't text. They didn't respond to, you know, they didn't po post anything, you know, nothing. Right. Um, didn't even bring it up. I, I went to their house and we had, let's see, I had uh, two cups of coffee. We had been talking, you know, I was just hanging out with them. And then I can't remember if I, I, I think I mentioned something about the project. And then my mom at that point said, we watched it. We watched the whole thing. That's it. She did not, she did not, there was not a reaction. Um, you could, you could tell that she did not like it. Right. But you could tell that she was allowing herself to step back and see what her son was doing and meant by this. Because right. she knows me enough to know that I am not a hateful person. No. That I am not a person that wants to hurt anyone. And she knows me. And so I was really honored the way that my parents allowed me to express what it was all about. Yeah. And because of that conversation, the healing that happened between my mom and I is something that I would not replace anything for. It was amazing. It was incredible. And it, it led to our night last night, which led to more conversations, conversations that I truly feel that God is inspiring me to have. And I'm posting questions on Facebook and people are getting pissed. And that's fine because right. people getting pissed is a part of the solution because the needle has to go one way before it's going to go the other way. We've got we've gone so far this way towards hate that we've forgotten how the fuck to get the needle back the other way. And I really, truly think that my generation is the key to to. Bridging mending those bonds there's a gap there is a gap there i i am so inspired by the things that the young people these days are doing i mean it I, as a 46 year old man i can step back and i can look at these 
these teenagers and 20 year olds and just be in awe of the things that they're doing. And yes, they, there are fuck ups right now, but you know what? I was a fuck up. You were a fuck up. We all fuck up and, and they grow through that. And we have to give them that opportunity because the things that they're now doing and the things that they're standing up for, they're learning that they do not have to take the shit that we took growing up. They're learning that. And why are they learning that? It's because of technology. It's because of the way that people are able to stay in touch. It looks completely different than it looked for our parents. Our parents don't get it. Our parents don't understand it. Our parents don't understand what kids are doing these days. But I do. Yeah. My kids don't understand why my parents are treating them the way they are. Disrespecting them, looking down, mistrusting, not listening, not loving. They don't understand why our parents are doing that. But I do. It's because my parents grew up this way my kids grew up this way i grew up right smack dab in the middle of it i am completely capable of loving people enough to sit there and let them throw shit in my face just so they can get the hate out so that they can finally get over it and start fucking loving people yeah so i think your last post or the the post about you know what should we call God? Yeah, should, um, shouldn't we call God we or us? I is think what my for some said. people, that post helped them get that out. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Um, and, and, and which, you know, I look, I, 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 I attack people's uh, notions and their and their judgments and their reasonings. Um, with their own sort of devices. If a Christian is being hateful in the name of the Lord, I'm going to let them know that they're doing it wrong. As you should. Um, But, you know, I think if we could bridge the gap, because you're you're a little older than me, but you're not so much older than me that we don't fit into the same sort of middle ground. That's that's one of the reasons you're here. Our parents did not have the entire human knowledge at their fingertips at all times. Mm -hmm. Our parents only knew what they were taught and only knew what they knew. Right. Um, They lived in a time, if you ask someone a question and they didn't know the answer. They're scolded. Well, no, like say say you go to your neighbor and say, hey, um, you know, my car's messed up. Do you, you know, I think it might be the radiator. Can you look at look at it? For right, me? right, right. If that person didn't know, they would tell you that they didn't know. Right. And then they may be able to direct you to someone who did know. Right. Now, if you have a problem with your radiator, you pull out your phone <laughs> and you type in, I have a problem with my radiator on Google. <laughs> That's right. And then it'll tell you pretty much what to do. Yeah. Um. And so... The new generation of, of kids have had access to this information their whole lives. Yes. We've had it for about half of our lives. Exactly. Um, so they're constantly flooded and bombarded with all of this information. And a lot of it, like TikTok and stuff like that, is really fast bursts of information. Oh, it's what it's meant for. Um, you know, the meme era and, and, and all this stuff. You know, these kids... They're confused because they don't know who the fuck to believe. Exactly. They, what, they don't they, know who the fuck to believe. They've grown up in a house maybe with Christian parents who told them that God was the way, but all they saw was hate. Yeah. And then when they got to college and started expanding their mind, they realized, holy shit, that's wrong. Yeah. 
And then now they don't know what to believe. Yeah. They think, well, if I'm good, then I'll go to heaven. Yeah. If I'm bad, I won't. And for some people, it's that simple. Yeah. You know, um, but uh, the old era Christian or the, the um, you know. Traditional. Traditional Christian, you know, they live by the Bible mm-hmm. or they say they do. Yeah, right. Um, and so it's not up for open open interpretation for a lot of them. Mm-hmm. You know, it, the Bible says this and that's what it is. Now, granted, they were told that by somebody. Right. A lot of them. Now, now, I would say there's probably a ton of Christians who have read the Bible and do read the Bible and do seek answers for themselves. Sure, and apply it. But, let's be honest, they're, not everybody has great critical thinking. Right. Not everybody is inquisitive. Not everybody seeks truth right a lot of people will just let truth be handed to them yeah um and then in that situation it's sort of you know they forget the other things they focus in on like the gays or the abortions or the or or the president or the country or the immigrants or this or that and they forget that god told them to love right isn't it so simple it, I, I for me, it's simple. I don't believe. I'm a deist, okay? Oh, okay. I didn't know I'm, that. A, I'm a deist. What is a deist? A deist is someone who, because of rationality, because of the expanse of the universe, believes that there must be an omnipowerful being. Right. Okay. There has to be. Okay. According to reason. Right. But they don't necessarily worship them. Okay. They don't believe that they're their guiding light. Okay. They they believe in humanity, and they believe that, you know, church and religion is not necessary. Okay. I can see that. I think um, it's kind of a confusing thing. At one point, I was probably an atheist. At one point, I was agnostic. Yeah. I think now I'm to the point where I believe that there must be something. Yeah. I know there is. It's just <laughs> that's there, how there I has feel. To be, you know, and, and um, but I don't think that that something cares about humans. Okay, okay. So you're you're more of so you do you do you lean towards the theory of augmented reality or alternate reality um, or is there anything uh, along those lines that you lean into? Or? I think I think. Um, your perception is your reality in that moment. Okay. Um, like in a dream state, for instance, when you're asleep in your dreams. Okay. Um, if you're lucid enough, that dream can be real. Okay. Yeah. Um, I see now, what you're saying anyway. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's not, you know, everybody doesn't experience dreams the same no, way. No, for sure. Um, everybody does dream. Yeah. But dreams are often like really short synapses in our brains firing off, but they may seem like they take hours. Right. Um. I had a lot of experience with lucidity and lucid dreaming um, to deal with my PTSD. Okay. Um, it helps me be more uh, self, like self-aware. Okay. Um, similar to like the effects of hallucinogens. Okay. Did you listen to the the podcast? Two pot. It was the one we I had uh, Patch and Sarah Drury on here. They're the dream. I don't think so. Uh, okay. They yeah. They it's interesting you say that. I just did an episode with. Uh, two people that do dream analysis and hypnosis and stuff like that. That's cool. So, but yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. But same yeah. thing with psychedelics. You yeah. Said. So I think it's similar to psychedelics. Okay. Um, psychedelics. You're obviously much more aware, mm-hmm. much more present. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and you can sort of affect what's happening. Right. Um, but I think it's both both of those realities are technically reality. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a sober mind is also reality. Sure. Um, I think they all coexist. Yeah. Um, I don't think I exist in an, in a multiverse. Okay. You know what I mean? I don't think that there's multiple versions of me. Right. Uh, I think I am me. Right. You want to know what, what the conversation I had with myself yesterday? Sure. I've been, I have, I have the most awesome conversations with myself <laughs> uh, because they're so silly. Um, I, I remember I had, because I'm thinking about all these things that like all these different realities and directions keep popping in my head. And I remember yesterday, um, <laughs> I had just had this amazing time with my parents. Right. I was driving home and I had this this feeling of well, what if this was what you're meant for? What if it was simply to just love your parents the way that you do? Is that enough? And I was like, "Yes, this is great." And then I had this feeling of oh man, great. Now I'm going to have a heart attack or I'm going to some a truck's going to hit me. And then I literally went I went I went to the multiverse thing and I went I went Nope, not in this version. <laughs> and I now, was just wouldn't like, it be cool? wouldn't it be though? It would be cool. I mean, I was just like, especially I, if you could experience those other cells, right? That'd be wild. Oh my gosh. Um, but it's there's there's aspects of all these different ideas that are hitting me all at different times, and I'm like, I'm I'm finding myself choosing the one that is bringing me true joy and true peace. Yeah. And it does not look like who I was before. And I'm finally okay with that. And not only okay with that, I welcome it. I'm I'm excited about what God is doing in my life. There you go. You heard it here first, okay? <laughs> I really am. God is is showing himself to be more real. God is using scripture from from the Christian Bible to remind me of who he is. And I am still in this space where I don't believe Jesus was the actual son of God. I don't, I don't know that I believe that. And I'm, I'm okay with it. Here's what, okay. I'm going to tell you, this is, this was, this will show you how much more comfortable my mom and I more are talking to each other because keep in mind over the last couple of years, our communication has, has specifically been, around one of three things either jesus christ okay music mm -hmm. or my kids their grandkids are those those not were those not are those not the three biggest pillars in your life they absolutely are especially in what i didn't understand was my mom yeah and i apologized to to her I had a conversation an individual conversation with my mom and dad that was impromptu not you know we just were hanging out just happened to be uh, the two of us alone which doesn't happen often because dad doesn't get to get out of the living room very often right but he came down he was awesome he was helping me with the ratchet straps trying to you know he, was, he did great um, but we had this conversation and I looked at him and I said dad I need, I've got to apologize to you and he, he kind of skewed his face and uh, I said, Dad, I gave up on you. When I found out you had cancer, I resigned to the fact that you were going to die. And I was okay with that. I was not, there. Not because I don't love you. Not because I, I don't think that you're an amazing dad. But 
I was resi- resigned to the fact that I was losing my dad. And the only way to cope with that was for me to not be there for my dad unless he needed me. And that hurt me. And I know that it was hurting him whether he realized I was doing it or not. Right. It was hurting us. Yeah. And so I said, Dad, I said, I'm sorry. And I, I don't feel that way. I said, Dad, I'm going to need you to stay alive for a while. Yeah. Because I, I believe that he can. Yeah. I don't believe that he has to die right now. I know he will die mm-hmm. eventually. But you don't have to accept But I don't have to accept the fact that he's dying he's right here. now because he's with me. Exactly. Yeah. And so I said, Dad, I am realizing that I I not only love you, I'm in love with you. Yeah. And it was the most, like, we hugged each other. We were a hugging family anyway. That's good. But but it was it was a different hug. Yeah, you know those hugs that you are. Just you can feel the fingertips. Cordial, right? And you then there's I mean? those hugs where you can feel the fingertips. You're right. You can feel the intent. It's and an energy. It, it totally is an energy, and it was there, and it was beautiful. And then my mom and I, I've already shared that. But so here's the story. I said, Mom, just just bear with me here. Let me just set the scene. And she, you could tell she was already nervous. I said, okay. She said, okay. I said, let's just say 2,000 years ago, this dude walks into town and everybody notices him. And he begins to just, all he's doing is just loving people. That's it. He's not, he's not, he has no agenda. He has no, there's nothing behind it. He just wants, he just wants to love people. And then friends begin to notice this and be, or people begin to notice this and become friends. And then they say, dude, I'm picking up on the fact that you're, there's something different about you. Like there's, there's There's gotta be, there's a way that you have with people. And what if Jesus Christ looks at these guys and he's like, guys, bro, listen, here's the thing. I connect with the creator of the universe. He, he tells me what to do. I, fo- I follow what he tells me to do. I, can, I don't hear him, but I feel it. Like, I know what to do. Right. And there, I don't know, man. He's just given me this pattern of life where I'm able to just love people, and it's kind of cool. And, it, I mean, if, if you really want to know how, I can show you. All you got to do is hang around me and just watch what I do, listen to the stories that I tell. I can tell you what, what I'm getting from the creator. But the thing is, is, I mean, you could have a relationship with him, too. I can show you the way. Yeah. And so let's just say stop right there. Let's just say his boys are sitting around the fire that night. And they've got their journals out, and they're writing out. And let's say, you know, Johnny and Matt, you know, Luke, they're they're just all hanging out. Yeah. Matt comes in. He's like, "What are you guys writing?" <laughs> and one of them, one of them goes, "Man, I was just writing about D- Jesus, dude. Man, he, you know, it was, it was cool. He came out, and he was all like, he's all like, I can show you the way. I can show you the truth. I can show you the life. It was awesome, man. He's like, he was so into it. And I was like, I was, it was passionate and I loved it. And so that's what I'm writing down. Well, let's just say, I mean, we know he was writing in a different language, right? A language that doesn't use vowels. No. Let's just say that he wrote that in his journal, that this, this dude, Jesus just showed, he, he showed me, he showed me the way he showed me the truth. And he showed me this, this life. Well, let's say that gets translated over the course of 2,000 years, and now the only thing that we see is words on paper. We don't see intent. We don't see the emotion. We can feel it in certain scripture. Jesus wept. You can feel that after you read the story. I can feel the story of John 17 when Jesus is pouring his heart out, praying for me at that moment. 
He's praying for future believers at that moment. Right. I understand that. But let's just say the letter's missing. The letter's missing. The scripture has been translated 2,000 years later. Here we are. We're reading it. And the way that it has been translated is I am the way, the truth, the life. Is it possible? Is it possible that there is a misread translation? It's likely. I believe it's likely. Dude, here like right, exactly. Here's here's a controversial one for you. I'll post I'll post this as a question. You know what? I already posted the TikTok of it. That's right. Here was the thing. I've had people come up to me after the horror video and ask me if I believe I'm Jesus. <laughs> so what I said in my response was well, no, I'm not. Right. But what if I am? What if? What if the waitress that just waited on you? What if she's Jesus? What if? what if the dude behind the counter at the gas station? What if that's Jesus? What if the dude on the corner there that is just trying to fucking fend for his family? What if that's Jesus? Are you okay with that? And that and uh, like that, that's when so when someone asks me that question, it shows me that their intent is not to love me. No, their intent is to criticize me and to condemn you to hell. Absolutely. But That's here's what they're trying. But, to. Yeah, but here's the beautiful thing. I don't believe in hell anymore. I don't. I, don't. I do not believe that the creator of the universe would breathe a beautiful life into existence and give us a chance to love the way that we are able to if we really do it. If we choose to. If we choose to. Because we have free choice. If we didn't have free choice, then love would be meaningless. Right. Hate would not hurt. Nope. But we have free will. Hate fucking hurts. Yeah. Love feels amazing. Mm-hmm. I had... This po- this question posed to me, isn't it easier to just hate? No. Fuck no. No. In the short term. Here's the thing. Short Ever, term. In any term. No. Like short, immediately? Immediately. 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 It's so much easier. Yeah. So much easier to just say fuck you like you have. Yeah, because have. There, there are situations that warrant that. Yeah. I truly believe that. I am not sitting here saying, y'all just take everything that you can from everybody and they will walk all over you, but you just love them. Just no. love them. I'm not saying Don't be that. a doormat. Here's what I say. The first time somebody criticizes or says something hateful to me, I respond in love. Right. I do. That's my personal choice. This is how I, I try to operate. Right. I respond in love. The second time, I will try to shut it down. I will say, you know, I'm I'm so sorry that you're so insecure with yourself that and you're so small that you feel like you have to make me smaller just to make you look bigger. Yeah. I'll say something like that. If they continue, I will react accordingly. I'm not saying I'm a doormat. What I'm saying is I am choosing in every situation in my life to react in love first. To, give, to give make the opportunity to make love the first choice after that you know what we have to take baby steps we right. have to i'm not saying everybody just drop what you're doing and love the shit out of people right i'm not saying that because that's impractical it's what impossible. i'm saying is why can't we just the just just for the very first reaction the very first thought that we come out with let's try to communicate a positive way let's try to understand where this other person is coming from really listen to the the intent of their heart because what is happening is people in our parents generation have very strong beliefs on these things our kids have very strong beliefs on these things our generation is like well i believe that and i believe that and i understand this i don't understand that but i get it you know right we are the bridge yes and we have failed our generation has failed 
to bridge the gap that we are responsible for bridging as parents and as sons and daughters. And it's and it's starts with communicating. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be the first one to admit that I don't always shoot first with love. Sure. Um, I'm, I'm not saying I do no, it every time. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, now, I will say um, that that is something that I've tried to do more of. Right, right. I've tried to be more rational, less emotional, and more understanding of why someone might feel the way they do about something. Yeah. But I'll we'll talk I'll talk just briefly about so the beginning of COVID, the lockdowns, um, all the you know civil rights uh, movements happening, and, and you know Black Lives Matter, and, and you know all these things. I was and, and you know I was very opinionated. Mm-hmm. I was very upset. To see anybody being mistreated, yeah. But and, and to see anybody feeling that they're not the same as me, right? Um, and so I would lash out at those who did not agree, sure, because I was angry. Yeah, I was angry that they could not love them. Yeah, that they could not see their side of the story. Sure. Um, and I had to take a break. Mm-hmm. I took a break from social media for several months. Because it was affecting my daily life. Yep. It still does. Yeah. But I don't let it affect it as much. Yeah. I don't like to argue. I like to ask questions. Absolutely. And that's that. Here's the thing. Another th- another big thing is people are saying, well, you're, you're not posting. You're not answering questions. You know what? I, I don't post those questions so that you guys can see me answer those questions i post those questions so that you all can talk about them that's why right. i post them i don't post them because i believe them i don't post them because i'm trying to be a dick i post them because i know that it's a conversation that my kids want to have right i know that my kids generation have these questions and i know that my parents are afraid to answer it so right. i am fine being the scapegoat that people can look at and be like i can't believe that motherfucker posted that right and then get mad at me. Yeah. And that's fine. I'm, I'm fine with it. Right. Let them get mad. They have to get mad. People have to get mad. We've got, like I said, we've gotten so good at being mad. Let's, let's try not. It's easy to be mad. Yeah. It's, if you upset me, it's a lot easier for me to think of the worst, most awful thing I could say to you to hurt your feelings. Right. Than it is to be like, you know what, you're right, and give you a big old hug and talk about it as an adult. Right. It's a lot easier for me to say, fuck you. So what about, what about this? What about if someone were to say something that pisses you off and you were to stop and, and respond? Like, let's say somebody comes up and just says, I can't fucking believe that you just did that or you just said that. What if instead of turning around and yelling back, what if we just said, can you, can you explain what I did to upset you? And right. that, like even just something like that to, to just try to disarm something, you know, uh, if somebody comes up and says, I don't I, I don't understand what you're saying. This is so wrong. Why don't you just say, OK, well, can can you explain about what a part what about what I just said is, is wrong and what a part what part is upsetting you? Let me right. explain to you what I mean by this. Number one, it's going to prevent people. Eventually, it will prevent people from from reacting so quickly. But also, it will hopefully prevent people from acting so aggressively. Because oh well, I know Johnny. If I do this, he's he's just gonna say something like you know, oh I love you, man, or hey, what's what's wrong, bro? Let's talk about it. Or hey, do you need a hug? You know that that. Right. So eventually. Somebody that might come up to you and be like, I can't fucking believe it. They might come up to you and say, 
can you just explain to me what that was about? That's a different approach. Yeah. And those are the approaches that my kids need. My parents are are the generation, a lot of them, they are gr- grinded out. They are, yeah. we have factory workers. We have, you know, hardcore tradesmen. And, you know, so our parents growing up, you know, it, it, was, it, it was common to hear your parents, like, bitch about stuff you know right. that 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 didn't make sense to them and i'm not talking about my parents don't don't hear that every time i say parents because it's, right my parents it's my, a generalization my parents didn't cuss but what i'm saying it's a generalization <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um but it's it's all about the fact that our generation i don't even think that we're aware that we know how to bridge the gap i think well part of the gap is the way that we communicate these days and the way that we communicate more often than not is through text. It's yeah, it's so emotionless. And unless you're just an amazing writer and have a beautiful understanding of the English language, it's very hard to convey emotion mm-hmm. through simple messages, especially when those messages are abbreviated or you know, uh, misspelled, misspelled yeah. or you know, and it's like a lot of the, these confrontations that happen, a lot of these arguments and these fights, they it happens because the the emotion is void. Right. There is no Absolutely. there is no emo- emotion in the message. And if we were face to face, you would see the pain in my eyes when mm-hmm. I talk about people being mistreated because of the color of their skin. Absolutely. You know what I mean. You would hear my voice change when I talk about it. Yes. You know. Yes. And, you and would that's understand what we need. Why I'm upset. Exactly. And you don't have to use words yep. to do that. It's yes. it's it's more about the tone. It's more about the approach. It's it, it, like the intent of I'm your heart. I'm not gonna if I'm questioning something you're saying. If I'm seeing you in person, I'm like, hey, dude, like, what do you mean by this and this and that? Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. I'm not gonna be like you, dickhead. But I he, can't believe you said that. Yes. I would never do that to your face. Right. Because that's not actually how I feel. But here's the thing: if you were to text that to me, here's what I would read. What did you mean by that? Right. And that's completely opposite of what you meant. Yeah. And that's what is missing. Our kids don't understand the, 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 the power of emotion. Yeah. They, okay, no, let me change that. They understand the power of emotion. They don't know how to harness it the way that we do. Right. They, don't know how, they don't know how to harness it the way that our parents did. Right. Because communication was face-to-face. We is. have transitioned from face-to-face to words on a screen. And there's got to be somebody that is going to say, okay, hold on just a second. Hold on. Okay. You, mom, or dad, or uncle, or aunt, or grandma, you you you're saying you're saying this, but you know my daughter Emma, she's saying she's saying this, and I know I know that you mean this, and I look at Emma and I and I know that you mean this. So here's the thing: why don't can we just sit down and just, just squash talk. this, please? Yeah. Like, how hard is that to do? And so so that you know, as the listeners out there, I have already set up a time for me and Emma and my parents to sit down and Jalen to sit down and have a conversation. Just talk. Yes, that's it. Just just here's the thing. It's hard. It's much more difficult to harbor ill will and hatred and negative emotions than it is to accept someone for who they are and be happy. It It, It will consume you. It will. remove all the energy that you have in your life to do normal daily tasks like wake up brush your teeth take a shower go to work go to bed eat it ruins it will ruin you and in the christian world that's satan yeah Yeah. in in my world it's hate yeah fuck yes 
I'm serious. That's, you know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying because that's how I and feel. We, and, and, it is, and it's we believe similar things and we have similar goals. It's just we're not using the same words. Right. That's Because my we're point. not speaking to one another. Our language we're is different. We're talking at one another yes. instead of to one another. Yes, that's why I'm so fucking glad you're on I'm this guilty podcast of it. today. You, Dude, I have been, in my life as a Christian, I have been so many beautiful things, but I have also been so many dirty things and so many bad things. And, yeah. and, and have the advice that I have given has damaged kids. The advice that I've given has damaged couples. The advice that I have given has damaged me. The advice that I've given, had it drove me into a grave. And I'll talk more about that on the whore video. Sure. Um, matter of fact, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, we've got a whole nother hour to do. So, Johnny, you're going to be back a lot. <laughs> I, kn- I know that you already know that. I can't. I-, I didn't even get a chance to get into what you do. I can't wait to talk about what you do. Sure, sure. Jo- in short, J- Johnny is a, a like a for real video game designer. Like not just like a, oh he makes cute little games. He's like for real. He's legit. So. I'm excited to dig into some more stuff with the music with Johnny and me and with so many other things. Y'all, I am just fucking getting started, and I cannot wait. I cannot wait to talk and have conversations with people. I can't wait for the hard conversations to happen. I'm super excited about what it is that God has shown me, and I've never been more driven and more sure of anything in my entire life. And no— Jesus is still not my savior, but I still deeply love him, and I love you, and I'm rooting for you, and we'll see you later. Gosh, I forgot to think of a song. What song do you want to play? Well, let's play something that... Uh, oh, it, I don't even know. Do you, have, do you have any revival sound stuff? Oh, my God. Do you? Maybe. It's on YouTube. Okay, then we'll play, we'll play something from Revival Sound, which is a band that... Uh, what song do you want to, to be played? Oh, no, I have no idea. Um... High Heels and Low Lives. High Heels and Low Lives by the Revival Sound with Johnny Baker on drums and the wonderful Ryan Hahn that we talked about, uh, or I'm sorry, the wonderful Brando that we talked about on uh, guitar. lead guitar on guitar. Lead guitar. Yeah, lead guitar. I, like the, it, and I love it, it. I honestly was bummed when you guys stopped playing. Me too. I I really enjoyed <laughs> you guys. So anyway, Revival Sound. High heels in low water. Low lives. High heels in low lives. Uh, love you guys so much. We'll see you next time. Oh, uh, by the way, Jeremy Zeller on the other side at gmail.com. Hit me up. Tell me stories. Cuss at me. Yell at me. Love me. Whatever. Um, and if, if you want to check out uh, uh, any of my stuff, you can just Google it. I don't know what my handles are. Just Google Jeremy Zeller on the other side. You'll find me. Uh, this, yeah, I love you guys. Well, uh, stay tuned for the next episode if you're, if you're around and you haven't, in in time hasn't passed yet. Uh, the next episode is going to be the explanation of the project whore NSFC. I love you guys. We'll see you later. Bye-bye.